0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue has over 30 years experience helping families deal with the challenges of raising small children. Today we're bringing you a highlight show with some of the best advice Chris has given over the last three months. Enjoy. Chris, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Let's start with something that I'm pretty sure most parents are struggling with right now, and that is keeping babies and small children cool at night when it's so hot, when the temperatures don't come down so much. Yeah,
1: it's it's a real struggle, and I think, you know, in different states, you're going to have a different effect, and in Sydney, in actual Sydney... Um, I think we're lucky that we don't get lots of hot, hot weather for an extended period of time. We get little moments and we get a southerly. So our babies do cool down and cool off at night, but other parts of Australia, we've got hot nights and hot days. And I think the main thing to consider is hydration. So maybe feeding little babies more frequently during the day so they're more hydrated.
0: I thought you were going to say during the night then. I was like, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> no, no, during the day. Um, and considering really basic things like, you know, block out curtains for heat, not for necessarily for the sleep, but for blocking that heat out, closing them early in the day. So closing what they call closing your house down and circulating the air. So fans work really, really well. You know, you don't need your air conditioning on all day, but using that circulation of the air around the baby will make them far more comfortable.
0: And with that, so when you, let's say you've got a small uh, nursery and your yeah. baby's in the nursery and you don't have aircon but you have a fan, a rotating yeah. fan. um are you trying to keep that off the baby's body or are you Um
1: I think it really depends on the day. But if you think of a you know normal day between 25 and 28, I would probably if you've got a rotating fan with an oscillating head, I would oscillate just above the baby so the air above the baby is moving and then just cooling the babies as opposed to directly down on a baby. And um, I tend to find that the pedestal fans that are a little bit higher work better. Tower fans work better. Um, And there's another brand that doesn't have that rotation that sort of just sucks air in that I think doesn't have quite the same cooling effect. So, and things like, this is really old-fashioned, but it certainly works, is um, wringing out like a, a, a small sheet and blowing the air through the sheet. Right. Definitely keeps the air cooler. Um, wiping your baby down cool before they, you know, get put to bed, those sorts of things do
0: help. So leaving them just in their nappies.
1: Yeah, just in their nappy. They usually need a nappy and a singlet because they don't like the feeling on their skin. So a nappy and a singlet does the trick. And a really young baby, you might be still wrapping, just still giving the wrap because it helps the baby, but using the muslins and maybe using it as a loose wrap instead of a tight wrap and then tucking in with a muslin so that there's plenty of airflow, will help these babies.
0: Um, We next have Madeline, who has a seven-month-old, and she says, I'd love to know about dummies and sleep. We're getting up half a dozen times a night to replace the dummy every time it falls out. Haven't we all been there? I've read that babies can learn dummy independence at about eight months. Is that wishful thinking? I've often looked into weaning him off dummies altogether and doing some sleep training, but I'm not convinced that's for us.
1: Okay, so this is a difficult one. So what we're talking about is independent sleep association and dependent sleep association. So independent is the child who can get into bed, roll around, even cry for a few minutes back and put themselves off to sleep. A dependent is the pat, the rock, the feed, the dummy. Okay. Um, You can actually wean them off at any stage. So there's not a magic number. Eight months isn't any easier than eight weeks, really, in in total. It's just the way we approach it. So what I would do, again, is I'm all about weaning children off behaviours and increasing the correct behaviour. So I would – it's a seven-month-old, so I would probably put them down to bed um, and I would try and give them a little space of time to try and settle themselves. They might need a snuggly toy in there with them, um, but I'd give them like three to five minutes. I know it will sound like three to five minutes of someone ripping their head off, but generally not that bad. So at this point, I'm not taking the dummy off them. I'm just withdrawing the amount of time that you give it to them. So I'd go back in, give them their dummy, give them their snuggly toy, and lay them down, Okay. Next time it comes out, I'd wait longer before I would go in and give the dummy and then longer before I go in and give the dummy. So I'm giving the child a little bit more time to use their own strategies and their own resilience to go to sleep. So after a day of doing that... The next time you go the next day, you go in, you put them down, you leave them for a few minutes to try and self-settle. I would go in and pat and give them their snuggly for a good few minutes before I gave them the dummy. So some people would say to me with this strategy, but aren't you just delaying the dummy? And my answer is yes, that's exactly what I'm doing, (laughs) is delaying the dummy and giving the child a chance to find a different strategy to go to sleep some reassurance from a soft snuggly toy, a pat from mum, a few words and then maybe out, you know, time for sleep. So after a few days, you will have other strategies and the child will have adjusted to other strategies to help them go to sleep. So removing the dummy, then you know the child will think when you come in the room, needs to put its head down, mum will give me a little pat, um, give me, you know, my bunny and then she'll leave again. There is no cry-proof way of doing it. Children cry because it's a form of language. It's just how much you can tolerate and to what extent. So for some people it's really short, other people they could go and you know, unload the
0: dishwasher and make lunch for tomorrow before they go back in that room. It's very individual. And I've got to say that um, Chris has given me advice like this as well where my eldest was very young and I completely subscribe. You've got to do what you feel comfortable with and don't feel bad. If it's breaking your heart and you can't deal with it, then there are other strategies. Just call us and Chris will give you other advice. Yeah, lady just the other day who was crying
1: while the baby was crying, I said, you know, it's okay to cry. Mm. But the baby wasn't asking her to go in; it was just a very gentle, soft cry. She put herself, town. yeah, and she put herself to sleep. Oh, and the mum nice. just had never moved past that point. And now I rang her this morning; she said they've had a great three days. So you know, it's a really difficult thing for a mum to go through. But just weaning back off the dummy, replace it with another strategy to help him go to sleep, and then you can wean back off that one.
0: Kindling conversation. We've got a question from Brendan in Adelaide. He says, I have two children who are five and three. I work five days a week and I often get home right when dinner is being put on the table around six. When I arrive, the kids are all over me, which I love, but they also fight a lot. My wife says they're well behaved before I walk in the door. Hmm. How can I handle this? I know it may be to get my attention, but I can't leave work any earlier.
1: Yep. So what I personally would do is... All kids do exactly what you're saying. The new person, whether it's mum or dad, they haven't been around all day, walks in the door, it's they're all over him. Fair enough, that's how life is. I'd move dinner. I'd get your wife to do dinner at 5.30, so they are finished dinner. And, you know, a three-year-old really is wanting to eat between 5 and 5.30. So if she could move the dinner to 5.30 and you walk in at 6, basically they're all yours. You can take over, you can wrestle, you can run, you can play. You can bath them, then you can help put them to bed. The easiest answer for this one is move the dinner.
0: Just shift it. I like it. Simple answers. Really simple. Beautiful. Okay. Our next caller is Eva, and Eva has a four-year-old fussy eater. Eva, I'll hand you over to Chris now because I don't know the (laughs) answers at all. (laughs) Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you.
2: Yes, yeah, so we've got our little one, and he's just turned four. And yep. from about 18 months, he started dropping food groups. But it's got to the point where now he's showing signs of quite severe constipation, uh, even though he drinks lots of water. He just won't touch a vegetable. Yep. Even if I try and hide it, he's stopped eating pasta sauces because there's vegetables in them. Oh, He smart. gags when I eat
1: stuff yeah. at times. He's smart, um, smart, smart. <laughs> yeah. Can you get any veggie into him at all, even if it's the same vegetable? No, no. We've done the 15 days with peas,
2: and he'll kiss them and he'll lick them, and then he'll gag, but he won't
1: put them in his mouth and chew them. He <laughs> he'll kiss one, them and, and well, lick them. Well, I'd agree with him with peas. I'd probably <laughs> It's taken me about 30-odd years to get to the peas one. So I think <laughs> well, I
2: think as carrots. We tried all that. Food. But he used to. Like, up to about 18 months, he'd, you know, eat broccoli. He'd do all that. Now, he did have a tongue tie, yep. which was diagnosed at 11 months. So we had it released around then. And yeah. then um, he had buccal ties as well when we had the follow-up. So that would yep.
1: be released about 14 months. Yeah. So not sure how much... Typically, children at 18 months do go off their food. They eat their best between 9 months and 18 months, which is sort of what okay. you saw, and they'll eat yes. anything and everything. You could put a Thai green curry in front of them they'd have a go at it. Yeah, that. yeah, that's
2: pretty much what it was
1: like, yeah. So at 18 months, they do drop off their um, food groups, and I think the problem is that for a lot of us, we judge our parenting by how much we can feed them, but that's mm. actually not what generally is happening. And the other thing in a Western um, culture is we feed them too much food overall. So we yeah. would go back and realise where this all started happening. But when you read the book um, French Children Don't Throw Food... It's because they only get fed three times a day, so they're actually hungry when they're ready for food. So the other thing we would take into account with someone like him is uh, very small meals in front of him, not large meals. So even if he really likes pasta, don't put a lot of pasta down. Put really small windows of food down. And then usually what I do is just gently feed him three times a day. If you write down everything he eats, like if you did a food diary of everything he eats... He probably isn't eating a lot of vegetables or none by the sounds of it, but he's eating yeah. a lot of food. Okay. Yeah, he's he's not I mean he's certainly not
2: starving. He's always been no. on the lean side. Yeah. Um and cognitively he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's just um now that it's affecting his bowel movements, yeah. um, to the point where I had to help him get stuff out the other day. Yep. Part of that could be anxiety with Kindi because he was left on the toilet at Kindy. Yeah. Um,
1: he and it's up. it probably He's is cooking. more that than that it is about veggies, because can you right. get um can you get fruit into him? Yeah he eats um yeah. a couple of things. so so he can get fibre into him. So I think that's yeah. probably more a stress related thing. And giving him a gentle laxative will help that. So there's, I can solve that problem for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So a very gentle laxative like Osmolax or something like that. And the other trick is um, sitting him on the toilet for five minutes, three times a day with his knees higher than his hips. Yeah. So like on a step. (laughs) Now use bribery, corruption and deception to get him to do it. So iPad only at that time. Brilliant, and, yep. it, and but with the gentle laxative, it did start to put a good connotation to go into the toilet. So that's just a quick remedy for that little one. so three times a day to try and, yep. the poo. Yep, but but it doesn't have to do a poo. We're just sitting right. there for three times a day. And it works; okay. it really works. Um, but yeah. he needs his, he needs a little step, and I would download you know all the Octonauts episodes you can possibly ever find, and then he only gets it when he sits on the toilet. But there is no pressure; you are sitting there, you are chatting yeah. about oh, the he'll day. Go. He'll go; he's going to court; he just can't get it out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you have to give him the yeah. laxative to do that.
0: Oh, oh great! Oh, good. good luck, Eva. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. And up next, we're going to come to your Facebook comments and texts. There's a question from Laura. She says, how can I stop my toddler from climbing up onto all the furniture?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This one's a learned art. One is I would get him out of the house to climb somewhere else. So let him climb in the park. You know, he's probably at an age where he wants to go up the slide and you have to hold your breath while he goes up and doesn't fall off and slides down. Um, I'd, uh, if he's a toddler, I'd walk him more than, than put him in a pram where you can, where it's safe. I'd walk him a lot more. Um, and then at home, you have to fight the battles that are worth fighting. So climbing on the couch is not such a big deal. Climbing up a set of drawers, really big deal. So if he even vaguely looks like he's going to head towards that set of drawers to climb up, I'd just stand in front of him and distract him. I wouldn't keep saying no, don't and stop. So if he's heading for those dangerous drawers, I'd just get something out like my Tupperware drawer and I'd just start to distract him by using the Tupperware and he soon learns to forget that behavior in the house.
0: That was Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She'll be back in the studio next Monday at midday. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.